Ah, it is so peaceful right now. And you know why it's so peaceful? Because of the rain. Not only because of the rain, there's probably single people right now thinking to themselves, what am I going to do on Valentine's Day? Well, you can just listen to this podcast. That's what you can do. It will heal you from the loneliness. Hey, or instead, you can just go to a club, fuck shit up, and have an awesome time, and probably meet the love of your life there. There's so many things to do. So you can party on a Thursday. Yep, Valentine's Day is on a Thursday. Meaning next year, it's, it's going to be on a Friday. Makes things even better, right? 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 Okay, enough about my rambling, because honestly, I'm not even making sense right now. But, nevertheless, guys... You know what it is, because you're now going to be listening to Sunset Overdrive California. It is a new episode. We have so many exciting guests coming up. Yeah, like these next few episodes is just going to be fire. You know, um, yeah, we got Robbie Collins in the house today. You know, he's an awesome, awesome stand-up comedian. Um yeah, just talking to him was, was an awesome experience, getting to understand his views on comedy and what's happening around the world, what's happening around South Africa. You know, like, it was just awesome talking to him. And I just had a grand time listening to all of his, I don't know, you know, like, like he's a really, really, really great guy to actually sit down and talk to and hopefully... I get to have more um, episodes with him in the near future. He's just, he's so fucking amazing. So you guys are really going to be enjoying this podcast. But yeah, guys, I'm back better than ever. I'm healthy. Hope you're healthy. Hope you're having a grand February and a grand year so far. You know, a lot has happened in February. A lot has happened. We found out that 21 Savage is American. We, I don't know, there's been just so many things that's been happening here. But I do feel sorry for Savage, though. Like, I really do. I really do. But that's going to be a topic for another day. But, yeah, guys, there's just been a lot that's happened so far. It already feels like uh, 2019. It's it's it just feels like it's been a year already. So and we're only in the second month of the year. So yeah, it's it's pretty hectic. But enough about my rambling. Enough about talking shit. You know, now it's time to listen to by far my favorite episode ever. Like this was just amazing with Robbie Collins. So yeah, sit back. And I hope you're not doing anything that's going to, you know, distract you from listening to this podcast because it's going to be an hour of just pure entertainment because you're now listening to Sunset Overdrive, California. I'm trying to see. Hey, but South African Wi-Fi is so bad, bro. Yeah. Welcome to the world. Which one do you think was the better one, though, in terms of Wi-Fi? What do you mean? 
Like which country? Since you say South African Wi-Fi is bad. Oh, New York, the States and ah. Canada. Even Australia, bruh. That shit will just log on automatically for you. Yeah, not here in SA. Like in, in New York, I was, I was watching Netflix on the train. Just okay, normal. Yeah. Really? Was, yo, bruh. That South Africa, once we get our Wi-Fi right, things will change, bruh. Because, like, I remember with me, right? I went to LA. Pretty dope, pretty, pretty cool experience. Got to meet uh, Bobby Womax. Oh, dope. Like, yeah, yeah. So, his son as well, and so on. The only thing I say that was really good was the Netflix thing. I am that Wi Fi felt normal. It's, it's still it? cutting out. So, I was, I, was, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I can never get free, uh, what's this, Wi Fi anywhere I can get. So, it's like, and even if I do get the Wi Fi, it's shitty. So, it was always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. But, dude, how are you doing, though? I'm good, bruh. I'm you good. good. You can't good. complain. You good. You look tired. I am very you look tired. tired. You look tired. Everybody's uh, probably going to be like, you want to see a picture of that. Like, <laughs> nah, you can't seem like this. He still has to put that makeup <laughs> to make himself look good. I'm, I'm usually a person who wakes up around 2. Serious? That's that. 2 o'clock, leave the house around half past 6, 7. But I, I don't know, for you I feel like with a lot of comedians, because if you have like a lot of night shows, yeah, yeah. that's like your normal routine. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think there's lots of comedians, it also depends, I don't have a wife and kids. I don't need to be up for stuff. Yeah. But like, I enjoy my sleep so much, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a night person, that's for sure. So you're not the type that's going to be there like, um, yeah, I gotta wake up, I gotta be productive in this day, I gotta be productive that day. I gotta decide, you know what, today I'm gonna wake up in the morning, I'm gonna start writing my jokes in the morning. I don't I don't write jokes. Really, what do you do then? I make I keywords. I'm, I put down, like if I think of something and I find that interesting to talk about, I'll make a, po a, a point of it. Okay, yeah. And then I'll go try it out that night. Sure. So everything seems like it's just more or less... Yeah, yeah, but the more you do the joke, the more the joke structures itself. Okay. And then it, it, you start saying it pretty much the same every night. Okay. But the beginning, when I'm trying to find what's funny, I just go, bruh. Sure. I'm, okay. I'm not trying to prepare anything, <laughs> dude. It's yeah, because the thing is, like we say, we always think with every single comedian, they probably have a ton of scripts and like have like 10, 20 pages of what they're gonna say. They practice it as, as they practice it, and then they come and they make us laugh and they're like, the joke worked at the end of the day. So that's what we all think, you know? Look, I used to do that in the beginning, but okay. I don't find that it's, it's not exciting. And I think when you write down the joke word for word, that's when you start looking at points that aren't funny. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like you almost have too much time with it that it can make you doubt it. Oh, okay. Cool. I prefer. This is interesting. I think it's funny. Let me go do it. Okay, cool. That's my vibe. Yeah, that's what it is because we always want somebody authentic. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not the same type of guy. It's like, oh, same jokes, same gestures. Do we even give a shit about it? No, but, uh, yeah. Also, you're talking to a bunch of strangers every night that are human beings and, and they they listen to jokes differently or okay, stories yeah. differently. So you can't repeat yourself exactly word for word to, to a bunch of human beings. Like you still gotta consider that mm -hmm. these guys might not understand that so you need to explain that. And it's it's just the way you articulate yourself okay, and yeah, get, yeah. get them into your world. Oh, 
I see a lot of comedians they just spit out the same thing. But I'm like, are you acknowledging the people that are in front of you? Because they they need to roll with you to laugh with you. You know what I mean? I know what you mean though. So it's it's a whole different. You you've got you just got to take into consideration the people you're talking to. That's the way yeah, I see it. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, because we don't want you coming in there and be like, eh, these are just people. Right, right, yeah, right. Let me just do this. But <laughs> then, no, there's one thing that I do want to ask, though. You know that a lot of people, how do you deal with heckling, you know? People would heckle somebody at the back, like, yeah. Yo, you try and shut them down, but the new thing we trying to do in comedy clubs is literally where you just take people out. Serious? That's what they do overseas. Like, you get, a heckler doesn't help a show. A comedian might be good and be able to put down a heckler and make some humor out of that situation. Okay, yeah. But at the end of the day, a heckler don't help the show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, people have paid money, it's live performance, you still gotta be respectful to the comic. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not your test dummy. Like, I'm not going to try and make you feel good about the yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's not the way it works. So, um, what I try and do now with the shows is like, just, yo, just leave. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to be that person, just leave. Is there any polite way you can do it? Be yeah. like, row B, 14, please leave. You, you know your number. The thing is, if the, if the <laughs> bouncer at the gig or the club owner, if they also see it, then they can help it. But I... But otherwise, you're just like, yo, man, bounce. I'm not here for you. You yeah, know what I mean? I feel like, you it's, like, I don't need to please you. Yeah, in that yeah, way. I, do, I do feel you about that. So I think, I think, but it's usually when you're dealing with drunk people. That's a lot of odds. Yeah, uh, dr dr drunk people are most likely hecklers. But they were coming there knowing that they're going to have a good time, so why not sub? But a drunk person always thinks they're funnier than the comedian. Yeah, it's always the case. Where because they've been them? making their friends laugh the whole night. They think they're cool, so that when they walk into the room, they got a self-esteem about them, and then you got to kind of just tame that shit and like, uh, uh, can you yeah. swear on this thing? Yeah, perfect. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I can see you now getting comfortable. <laughs> so then, uh, tell me, let's now start from the beginning. The right. Genesis of all things. What made you get into comedy? Always wanted to. Not always wanted to, but. I, first of all, you didn't know what stand-up was in South Africa. Yeah, because if I'm correct, 26, 20... How long have we been in the democracy now? 90, since 94, 94 so, so... 25 years now? Shit, I'm, I'm bad with my maths here now, right now. So, yeah. so stand-up... Look, there was stand-up happening in South Africa, but it's usually old white guys saying racist shit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They had that platform. And then the Dave Cows came out, Mark Lottering, yeah, yeah. who we saw just now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all these people, and they started making it cool to tell stories from people of color side. Oh, okay, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, Kakiso Ledike, all these guys who, who just kind of made it cool to do this stuff. And then at the same time that was happening, was happening in South African music. Like if you look at the success of South African hip hop, what AKA and Casper and them were living with, that's what Squatter Camp and them were doing. Sure, like, okay, yeah. Squatter Camp and them could have been more successful, but at the time they were still trying to convince South Africans to believe in South African rappers. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. You get me? Yeah, so, I do get you, though. So, like, that's the foundation. Like, you need, so, you need this person to 
do something to create a way. You know what I mean? Like, mm, I do get you though. So with comedy, I only got into it around 10, 11. And I started saying, oh, there's this thing. Yeah. I always wanted to act or, <clears throat> and I enjoyed making people laugh, but I didn't know exactly what it was that I wanted to do to help, to, to like, as a profession. So that all changed. And the other thing is I'm dyslexic. So okay, at yeah. school, I hated school. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. fortunately, my mom was a teacher. So she'd be like, let's re get you books on people you dig okay. and they will help you with your reading. So she got me Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, Eric Cantona. Oh, wow. But like in all, yeah. all these people like Jim Carrey, they all say they started in stand-up and then that's when I started trying to find out more about stand-up, get DVDs, watch as much as possible. Yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, and then I was like, okay, cool, this is what I want to do. So your parents were they supportive about it when you Mom, your mom, yeah. My mom was extremely supportive. Really? I think my dad is still trying to understand this shit. Ah, <laughs> you leave dads alone. You yeah, know no. how they are. Old school men of color, bro. They don't yeah. even see it as a job. Uh, but you know how dads are. But he's still, he, I think he's supportive now. He, he's, he just didn't understand it. Mm. He's like, how can I support you at something? Like, you didn't study, you, didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, it's just... And now you're getting paid for this. Like, wh what is this new exactly. era we're living in? Yeah, exactly. But but they cool. My mom's cool. She she's a fan of stand up. She loves Bernie Mac. Of course. So, yeah, <laughs> so, so she's and I, she used to like Bill Cosby, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. that ended. <laughs> we don't need to go into that. Yeah, I, know. Right. I think we all used to like Bill Cosby. He was I mean, like the father of comedy, you know, when you looked up at him, he was that, had that father figure. Yeah, but his problem is, see, if you look at Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor. Alright. Richard Pryor, I think, is king. king yeah. Bill Cosby, like, he always, he was a black guy, but didn't seem like he's part of the black community. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In the sense that he's always telling youngsters, you fucking up, pull your pants up. Like he was quoted for, there's a black kid who got shot in the in the 90s. And he said the problem was with young black youth, they're acting like thugs. And then when they get shot, they can't really complain. Which is the most outlandish thing to say. Shit. So, so, so like when he, when all this news came up with Bill Cosby, nobody defended it. Cause they're like, yo bro, you've been acting like you're not part of us. So. Cause black yeah. folks even defended R. Kelly bro. <laughs> like in yeah, the first case, shit. I heard that. Shit. I was like, what? So like, if you're gonna live your life like you're not part of yeah. us, like don't expect us to back you. Richard Pryor, on the other hand, he talk about doing drugs, hitting his woman, which was wrong. Yeah, which was wrong, but but he was the most honest. He spoke about yeah, I grew up in a whorehouse as all this, but he was honest and made all those difficult things funny. So when, so people love Richard, yeah, because they felt like he was a real person. He made spoke about his flaws. No, no, he made me think differently about him. It's not that I actually hated him or so on, but it's like, it makes sense, you know, in that terms of, because you grew up and you stayed in that like, uh, community, if we put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're always going to support you. You see, we get what's wrong. Right. But we're not going to, we're not going to be like, no, it's wrong. We're going to leave him hanging. Totally. It's more of a, we're going to protect him at the end of the day. We're going to make sure that, you know, he gets back into the right path. I yeah, feel with that. so yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's like a, it's, but it's a weird one because with all these people that are getting taken down, you can't help but still remember their legacy. Of course, they did such amazing like R. Kelly. Like 
as evil as he is, he's still, gonna, he's still the king of R&B. You can't take that away from the man. But all the other shit is the most evil stuff. Yeah, so I feel you, you. So you, I'm, I'm torn. Like, I was at a wedding two weeks ago, and they play Step in the Name of Love, and everyone jam, bro. It's like, yeah, we dance into this shit. Oh, uh, and probably there was somebody. Do you know what he did? Yeah, so, his music is dope. It's, it's a, it's a tough one to go. Am I? Tough one to look at the person for their art or look yeah. at the person as as a, per- yeah, as a person. You know what I mean? And but at the same time, it's fucking evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is something that I do want to ask though, right? Hmm? Comedians at the moment would always get like uh, something to do, you know, let's think about it. The the recent one is Kevin Hart, right? Yeah. Kevin Hart was gonna host the Oscars. Right. right? All excited, fuck, yeah, he's gonna host it. So um, like, uh, he, he came there with that huge lash of the fact that he said something in 2009 right. that affected him. So we're like, shit, okay. He says he's not gonna say sorry about it. He's ended it and so on. Somebody can host the Oscars. We remember also with Trevor Noah as well, he was going to host The Daily Show and so on. Somebody came back to him like, hey, remember your tweets in 2009? This happened, this happened, this happened. So like, why can't you be apologizing to it? And he's like, look, I did, and that happened. So as a comedian, do you feel like maybe there's certain jokes that could offend somebody? Obviously, maybe not now, but once you reach the top... There's always going to be something that's going to offend people. You see, so hence why it's like... What do you do now, let's say if you were caught in that situation, you know? Put it this way, I used to, as a kid, I used to love Leon Schuster stuff, okay? Because <laughs> it was slapstick and stupid. The older gods, and now if I watch it, I wouldn't even watch it because I think it's the most racist, stereotypical shit in the world. Yeah. But I can't ask him for an apology for something that I accepted at a time because I didn't know better. Okay. And whether he still portrays people of color like that, that's like that's up to him that's 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 up to him okay. i can just not like him eddie murphy his comedy in the 80s he said some outlandish things about gay oh, people yeah. <laughs> spreading aids and all those things kevin Hart's argument is he's already argu- he's already apologized he doesn't need to keep apologizing every time you see it mm, yeah, so like if every time it, so if you find out about something i did five years ago but i've already said sorry i don't need to say sorry to you now <laughs> I, I was like, just because you late on what I did, then I'm apologizing for the rest of my life. No, bruh. And as human beings, we're growing. There's things you did five years ago where you go, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I'm even thinking right now, I'm like, yeah, yeah shit. Yeah, dude. There's things yeah. I've said on stage where I'm just like, oh, wow. It wasn't, it was, I was like, I didn't, have, I didn't have the full knowledge to speak about, the con- yeah. about that subject matter. But then it doesn't make me a bad person. I'm like, we're all learning. If by saying something or finding... You must remember comedian's job is to take the most serious and make it funny. Yeah, okay. Whether it's sexuality, whether it's race relations, politics. But we also, we, for some reason, because of woke, this woke movement, which I think is bullshit, because people, I think, are just woke for what matters to them. I, I don't agree with woke people because they're not, they don't fight everyone's battle. I feel you with that. You know what I mean? It's like when I see white woman, white woman fighting feminism, they're like, you fight feminism so much, but you don't talk about racism. It's so like, like, no, this is a different story. No, so it like, isn't. If you want to talk feminism, then you need to 
go and go and speak to your fathers and your grandfathers because yeah. they've put you in this position. Because white men are making the decisions, yeah, not a black true, man. No. So I'm like, what you fighting as a white woman or doesn't come from just every man. It comes from white men. Yeah. <laughs> they laid the foundation. So you've got to... So I'm like, pe- people just choose what whatever... Fa- people don't want to have empathy for other people's suffering. Okay. So it's like, I'm going to just talk when it involves me. Oh, yeah. no, Once as we've moved on... You get what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying at the end it, of the day. It's, it's just like, you can't... I don't... This whole thing of comedians must talk with the knowledge and perception of a politician. I'm like, no, that's not our job, bro. Our job is to make fun of the politicians. I yeah, like, why must... <laughs> why must I be, must be... Why must I be perfect with my information or what I'm saying? That's not my job. My job is to... Obviously, I'm not out there trying to make things worse. They're trying to put light on the situation. The thing is, like I always say, right? This thing of being woke, it's destroyed everything. Nobody can have a sense of humor anymore. You know, and hence why you come into that is that I did something. I apologized. Yeah. Why are you coming and saying I must apologize to you? No, it's like, no, five years ago I apologized to you, but you didn't know about it. So now that you got it, you should keep it that way. And now we've been in that generation of being woke. Right. I think it's in an extent that we should actually try and resolve that. And I feel like comedy should be the one that should resolve that and actually see. Because a lot of things in comedy we might make fun of, but it's something that you also sit down and you say to yourself, but damn, that is true, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah, it is true. I, I think the problem is we've made it cool. With social media, we've made a lot of things yeah, cool that shouldn't be yeah, cool. Sure. This whole thing of everyone's a hater. No, sometimes your shit sucks. And you need to improve. That's you, it. Not like <laughs> not everyone who everyone who dislikes you is not a hater. Yeah. I can dislike you because I think you've fallen off or you're not doing as dope as you were yeah, or this was yeah, just yeah, whack. Yeah. Not a hater. Like No, I do feel that. But at the same time, social media has also created lots of haters. Just oh let's troll this person, let's take them down. Yeah, no, I do feel you about that. And I think it's the same thing with being woke where people want to be offended for being offended. And I think we shouldn't be woke, we should be aware. Like, like your wokeness, your wokeness can ru- can be ruining shit and not really helping things. Because you're so woke, but you don't have the solution. Mm, I feel you just know, I don't, I don't, something about this don't make me feel right. Okay, cool, then. What's the solution? What's the solution? So, no, I don't know. So then, it's the thing my mom used to always say, if you're gonna complain about something, before you come in and put a spanner into the works, okay, yeah. have the next solution for it. You know what I mean? There's yeah. people who are just like, cool, it's wrong, but they might find the right by doing the thing. Yeah. You're just there saying, bullshit, everything, bullshit. Okay? Yeah. You know what I mean? You sh- yeah, like, like a, wow. That made me see things a little bit of, of a different perspective. Sure. Said, yeah, man. Like, they, Chappelle, he doesn't have phones in his shows. Oh yeah, I remember about that, yeah. So Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock does it. Um, they put the phone, your phone, you can keep it on you, but they put it in a pouch and they lock it. When you leave, they, unopen, okay, they unlock yeah. it. So he's just like, I need to fail on stage. I need to say shit that might not make sense. I need to say, make, say shit that might not sound right. But that's how I grow on stage with the people. If you're going to put everything I say on YouTube, 
I'm not going to have a career. Yeah, that is true, though. And I, now when I was working with him here in South Africa, like, just the feeling, because he he's been doing comedy as long as I've been alive, since 87. I can imagine. It's probably like, we were still like, what? Not even a thought to our parents' eyes. Like. Bruh. So, like, <laughs> I, I've only been doing comedy for it's my 11th year. I only know doing comedy in front of an audience with cell phones. Oh, okay, okay. So for him, he's good. he knows the, the other side. He goes, this thing is killing us. He's like, sure. this thing's killing the industry because now there's a bunch of people being policemen. Everybody thinks they know this shit. He's like, no, bro. That, and that's not even talking about the money you're taking from an artist yeah, by putting I, all this stuff out. That's why it's like, nah, because I totally get it. Because I'd always ask myself, uh, Recent was, who was it, Kevin Hart, when he did right. his What Now tour, right? He, I remember we went to him as well, there at the FNB Stadium, all that, your phone, what about my phone? And you know it's here in South Africa, you don't ask them, you're like, hey, bro, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah. hey, man, hey, man, I'm going through a rough thing, like, no, give us your phone, we have to keep it, there's no phone's going to be allowed. And I was like, so now the person I went with was so pissed off, like, who the fuck does he think he is at the end of the day taking our phone? What happens if we want to record and so on? I'm like, I kind of get it, you know, at the end of the day. He wants to keep his stuff original. And it's his. It's he. He owns the thing. You know, and then there's a lot of people that are like, one thing I hate about comedians is when they tell us to take their phones away or when we have to, when, they, when there's no recordings at all. But I'm like, it's his thing at the end of the day. And now you've given me that perspective of, yo, I want to say whatever I want to say at, at this given time. Yeah, you yeah. know, I can't be now being looked there as, as if it's, I'm the FBI, you know, and something you guys are spying on me. Because I want to have that career now. An audience member has absolutely no right in filming this shit. It's like taking a plumber's tools. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's my, com my jokes are my tools. If you take that thing away from me, oh, I yeah, can't yeah, work. Yeah. Like people need to understand now how long it takes to write an hour of jokes. So if I'm working on a show that I'm going to sell to Netflix, and you're gonna come and film this shit and then put it out. You've totally killed my shit, bro. Shit. You've told you've taken millions. <laughs> the way I hope people are like listening and they're like, okay. That's the, it's cool. I read an article because it was Kanye's um, college dropouts. Yeah, yeah. Fifteen yeah. years yeah, or something. It's been 50, yeah. <laughs> when was it? I think it was Yeah, uh, fifty yeah. It happened last week with all that. Yeah. yeah. And they spoke about how Kanye didn't uh, didn't release any instrument instruments uh, instrumentals from the album okay of course at the time 50 and G unit were about to drop their shit but they were just taking dope beats and killing them so that's 50s mixtapes would annihilate Lil Wayne also did it so they take your instrumental and then just go and make it the dopest song that people forgot where the original came from so Kanye was like, nah, bro. So they didn't, they didn't give BT no one. Like people would be like, oh, we want this beat for, for an interview or whatever yeah, to play yeah. over. They're like, nah, dude, play, play the original or don't play anything. And that was, his whole thing was that, well, that's an artist taking another artist yeah, no, thing. No, and no, that's, no. that is allowed at the same time. But Kanye's whole thing was he wanted their focus to be on his album, mm -hmm. not everyone ripping his beats. Yeah, no, I feel it. So it's like, you got to understand if the art, those are the artist's wishes, then you can't say anything. Bro. Yeah, no, I do feel it. Dude. So yeah, yeah, man. Man, you just put a new light into people. Like, you know what? I understand because at the end of the day, like we say, the woke nation, as I'll call them, is that 
they don't actually get to see the side of you know your perspective of hey man this is what's happening yeah, yeah. if you can sit down and see this is what's happening on the I, other hand now you've given them that sense of okay I now need to look at things a little bit better right right sense. right yeah for sure it's it's um the way I see it like I think right now in society we lack empathy in a big way yeah for each other like you see it on t- I don't even have Twitter anymore I'm just like that's the most negative place in the world bro it's I'm like I'm just looking at my photographer right now like, <laughs> what did I tell you <laughs> we did yeah but okay yeah <laughs> it's the most negative thing because it's a this is it sounds horrible but it's I really believe in this everybody deserves an opinion not everybody's opinion deserves to be heard yeah and the problem is we letting the wrong people talk up on things that they have no knowledge about like people are almost people don't go and read up about news so something breaks on on the internet it's on twitter nobody goes and actually reads the sources and sees because there's different oh, articles yeah we have the headlines so yeah. they get the opinions of other people which generates this whole thing sure. so now your 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 knowledge on the subject is other people's opinions and i've been guilty of doing that as well. i've also done that yeah, i've also been i've been like Whoa, what, what happened here no this happened this happened i think he was wrong but where's the article hey man i don't know dude now you don't you don't even have facts so now you're getting caught up on other people's emotions mm. and we all interpret things different so you get you get an interpretation from another person who might be anti DA or anti ANC yeah, or yeah, anti yeah. whatever and now you on that trip and like yeah bro this person read the shit completely different yeah i do feel you about that so i i stay off that stuff i'll try to read as much and then i'm trying to make it work for me like how i understand it but speaking again of twitter don't you miss black twitter i know a lot of comedians love it you know in that sense it's cool it's cool but you see okay yeah he has the other side black twitter i know is hilarious yeah it is <laughs> but the other side is as a comedian twitter's made comedy harder before if something happened in the news the first time you're going to hear somebody interpret it or talk about it is on stage in a co- oh, comedic yeah, matter yeah, yeah. These guys do every subject matter on the joke, which is hilarious shit. Like I've seen some of the tweets, I'm like, fuck, that's funny. Yeah. But now, by the time, so if something happens now, Black Twitter run with it till say 6 p.m. By the time I get on the comedy club, to get into the comedy club tonight, a kitchen is, every subject matter's done, every angle's oh, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've made comedy harder for comedians, but in a good way. No, no I think it's great though. But, it's the same way I don't really watch stand-up comedians. So I'm not going to go and listen to... I'm not going to go and watch them like, make fun of the thing. You know what? Actually, that but is... But I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually think that's also my problem, you know, in that sense. You put on somebody, right, that you've always admired, fine, it's cool. I put on there. Okay, yeah, let me go and watch Dave Chappelle's whole show. Yeah. Oh, he's so amazing. Oh, Chris Rock is so amazing. And then I come in my sense. Oh, I wish I could be like him, you know. There's days in and days out where you think, oh, I wish I could be like him, right. and so on. And now that you've like told me that thing, you don't watch them. You know, you also put in that, um, uh, that manner of, 
I just want to be me at, at the end of the day. It's just being me doing me. And if people <clears> love me, they love me. And that's how it is. I, I think the biggest thing I've done in the past two, three years is stop watching um, stand-up DVDs and rather watch live comedy. Because that's when you see a comedian grow and a comedian get better. So last week this joke wasn't that good, this week the joke's great. Then see how they made the joke that yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you watch a DVD, it's watching somebody put out their best work. So you can feel like you, you're not even close to that because mm. they've done the show for what, three years, then they film it, and you see it and you go, geez, I could never be that good. Yeah, yeah. But you're not seeing how many times you failed with this shit to get it that good. Was this? So you're almost putting yourself off your journey. Damn. And that's what you need to be doing. Because I was in LA listening, I think you know Hassan Minaj. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very great guy. I love him so much. And, and I remember when I saw him across the street, we were like talking. Hey, man, I love your comedy, uh, comedy work and so on. Yeah, I love it. And then he comes and he tells me, you won't believe it. There was a time where he met his wife at college and so on, and we were doing stand up and he was doing stand-up comedy. He's like, you won't believe it. I was so bad. And even my wife told me straight, Hassan, you are bad. Like, you're so bad. Like, like, are you sure you want to still do this? It's like, yeah, I don't know. But it's like, you see what you told me is that as time goes on, the people that knew me see how great I am. Now yeah. when you see me, because it's like, when I'm seeing you, I'm like, yeah, first time I saw you was at The Daily Show. And yeah. I saw how great you are. And it's like, yeah, but we weren't always like that. No, so no, for you, sure. So you shouldn't be like, pushing yourself to you know reach that standard because you're not totally totally like even if you listen it's weird you can like j cole if you're gonna i like using rap as an example if you listen to rappers in the beginning then you hear like tribe Quest, one of my favorites how you hear the production gets better on the next album or the rhymes are getting better yeah like you learn how to write shit dope you know how to execute the thing oh yeah 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 because many i think most of us we have our lives set up we're just like yo i'm gonna do that i'm gonna do that but you can't do it until you fail trying to do it <laughs> then you go oh next round oh maybe if i do that uh, it'll be better this way you know nobody will even notice no yeah, yeah. yeah exactly but it, it, it all you have to fail in life bro. Sure, it's like failure is the best educator in life yeah like, I find it, the people used to give me advice when I started comedy. Some of the advice worked for my career, and some of the advice, which was also good, just didn't work for me. Yeah. But you try it out, and, and you go, oh, okay, cool. But you've got you've gotta to be in, in practical mode to learn. Theory, theory doesn't mean shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, right theory is just like, okay, cool. You practice it and it fails, and you're like, now what? Go back to the theory. The yeah. theory made me fail, so now what? Like, and like, I don't know. You in the one of my, my mom's closest friends, Auntie Barbara. She she can play any song, dude. Like she's amazing. Like you can play a song for her, you just go on the piano and play the shit. Okay, yeah. But as well, as good as she is on the piano and the notes, she knows she can't compose her own music. Oh, she can't make her right, own right. beats. But she's works in a different. Creativity, creative uh, in a different creative way. Okay, yeah. She's still creating, but she's not. How can I explain it? She's not the Quincy Jones. Oh, you know yeah, what I, mean? I feel you though. I feel you with that at the end of the day. But she can still play the stuff. Yeah, 
it makes yeah. things different. And then one thing I do want to ask, what is the most annoying thing about your career? I think the most annoying thing is... <clears throat> I think I already know what it is. What do, you, what do you think it is? You know what I think it is? My f okay, here's my favorite one. You tell somebody you're funny. Oh, you're doing stand-up. Hey, I'm doing stand-up, so what? Oh, that's great. Make a joke. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't make one right now, like... Oh, yeah, those, those things I just ignore, bro. Really? I just ignore that shit. I think the, most, the toughest part for comedians is you can work your ass off at a thing, yeah. but you're not guaranteed to get money yeah. in those early years. So it's not um, it's not you can start off with at a job and you that first month you're getting a check. Yeah. Comedy, yo, bro, you can be killing and no one's paying you. Sure. Like until something has to give way, but for the longest time you can just be doing this shit for the love of it. So when was like your first paying gig? You know? I think it was seven months in. Oh yeah. And it was fifty rand. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Oh, man. I'm expecting to hear that, man. Nah, it wasn't much, but it was like 5,000. Yeah, yeah, Excuse bro. me. 50 rand, bro. Shit, it's 50 rand an hour or just 50 rand for the night? F 50 rand for emceeing the stand-up show, and that was what? That's probably like a two-hour show. 50 rand. Shit. Yeah, so, bro. <laughs> man, that is so hectic. And how were you like surviving throughout those first seven months? Cause uh, I was still living at home in Durban All with right. my mom. So she, her thing was, look, you really want to do this thing. I'm going to give you a bus fare to the gigs. Okay. And then, so she gave me like 30 bucks, 40 bucks. Like, here you go. And then if you, do you see what you can do? But that's all I'm going to, that's all I'm going to do with helping out. And you just try and make this shit work, bro. Hey man, at least you have that support, you know. Yeah, yeah, Instead yeah. of just being like, you know, I don't even know what Robbie's doing in his life, you know. No, yeah. no, like I'm not even gonna. That's another thing that you know a lot of us, as you can see with the youth, we need that support no, because totally. we're going through this stage, right? A lot with our parents. Yeah, we're doing podcasting. The fuck is that? Like, uh, okay, it's like radio. Do you get paid? No. Go to school. Like, why are you wasting time? So we're living in this um, change where everybody's looking and they've seen more opportunities in life. But, but it's all, totally, but like as much as I don't like Twitter, uh, or I don't like being on it, it doesn't yeah. work for me. It, it's also created new jobs. So there's people, I don't know what, what's the name for the job, but there's people on, who work for social media things okay. or whatever. So. You need to understand for our parents, all these new jobs that are being presented are crazy for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going, you didn't study this thing really? You, you know what I mean? So, so for my mom, hearing that her son wants to be a comedian, nobody's, nobody's spoken about being a comic ever. Yeah, true, true. So I am very fortunate that she was supportive, but I think the, this new generation and the old generation that put us through schools or we were the first generation that went were allowed in white schools oh yeah true, so true. their fight was just like i'm gonna give you the best education then you go out and get the best jobs that i think are the best jobs mm -hmm. then in those worlds then we're learning new shit we're going hey bruh I, I know you wanted this for me but i've just seen this other thing that's dope 
and I know I can get paid. So it's a shock for them. Before, what, being a doctor, being an engineer, lawyer? That, a lawyer, was, that was the pinnacle for jobs. Yeah. Now, now the shit's opened up. Because I remember <laughs> some, some people would be like, uh, I, I'm here studying medicine for six, seven years, and you're doing comedy, and you're getting paid more than me. Hey, hey it is uh, what it is now. You don't need to be salty about it. It is what it is now. Totally, yeah. The, for the longest time, where my friends were getting good jobs and they'd already finished studying and you just there grinding bro. yeah and like people looking at you like you're throwing your life away but you just know you focus on this thing now it's like ah oh, robbie i always thought you were gonna do it it's like nah, man, nah, man. and i'm people may better than you yeah, type of like situation that, i'm the a-list celebrity yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing is because when you a comedian in your own family or your own circle of friends yeah you're very lonely but then when you go to the comedy clubs, you see there's a bunch of you. So you go, I'm not the only one who was thinking like this. I'm not the only one who was an outcast or, uh, or somebody who wasn't respected for choosing this job. Because this is, remember, this is pre-Trevor Noah phase. Yeah, this is, yeah, definitely. So like, now that Trevor's blown up and Lois Ogola, you, you look at comedy and go, oh, this thing's a viable yeah. thing. But before those guys became these people in the world, when you said you did, you wanted to do comedy, people were like, yeah, okay. Yeah, you got a drug problem. Yeah, you're throwing your life away. You, you know, yeah. we need to have a family meeting right here, right now. It's like, exactly, no, no, exactly. So it's all this messed up. But I think times are changing, man. Yeah, I also think. Definitely, times are definitely changing. And what would you say is the best thing about your career? Can we get something to drink? Some water or something? Yeah, some water? Mm -hmm. Or do you have... Water or coke or something. I'm thirsty. Oh, you know that. Right. Very, very thirsty on the podcast. Let's see what happens. Sorry. <laughs> um, what, what was the question? Uh, best thing about uh, what's this being a comedian? Travel, bro. Travel. I think if it wasn't for the only places that I've ever been to was Port Elizabeth, Joburg, and like Durban. I was living there. Comedy's taken me everywhere. Oh, yeah. Like around the world, every part of South Africa, Africa. I think the travel's amazing. Just meeting people, man. But meeting like, the, when you travel, you realize how different people are within their races. Jesus, dude. A colored man dude. in Durban is totally different dude. to a colored man in Cape Town. Shit. Same with a black man in Joburg, a black man in, in even Pretoria, as close as they are. It's Ooh. different. I've realized that. I've realized that. You, you, because we take for granted living in a big city, how forward thinking, how the oh, same. Yeah, yeah. Then you travel, bruh. Like you can perform to the most liberal white crowd. Then you go to another show and you call the K word. You're like, damn. Like I've seen it happen. Oh, so, and you go, yo, this changed. Like, you so know what I mean? Yeah. Like you go to Stellenbosch. You go there where white people, where 94 didn't happen for them, bruh. And they still see and so you. I'm like even rolling my eyes like, oh, <laughs> fucking town. Every single time I come out angry in the time. No, so what happened? I fuck, man. No, I do. So you, my frustration is even like the colored people will frustrate you there. Yeah. Because their thinking is so backwards. Even black people where you go, yo, guys, <laughs> stop thinking like this. You're free. Like, yeah. Like this. But because they're so uh, marginalized in that world, that it's... 
understand where the thinking comes from. Yeah, I feel you with that as well. But it's very hard to even have conversations because you're like, oh, guys. I, I mean, another typical example with this, right? You know how it is driving in Joburg. You know yeah, how the taxi drivers are. I go to, I went to Cape Town. Taxi driver there, the pedestrian person, I'm like, yeah, you're not even gonna stop for me. He stops. I'm like, oh shit. And I'm like, oh shit. What is happening here? And they're yeah. like, Cape Town is so laid back. It's not like Joburg. It's not like. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I could live here. And then, like you said, talking to them is like. Yeah, I can't live here. I'm just home, actually. You know? it's, yeah, man. It's, it's a... I think, I think my people skills and learning about what people are going through is way faster than somebody who's studied and has a degree or honors yeah, at something. Yeah. Because you learn, you learn to talk to people of, of all different walks of life and, like, relate to them and understand them. And I think that's where my whole thing comes with, with empathy. Where, where as a comedian I think the good ones you've got to have as much empathy as possible because yeah. you need to understand people mm. and going back to social media I feel like there's a lot of talking without knowledge this is the this is the thing or this has happened so I'm going to just say some shit yeah yeah I feel you where I just I just feel like we deal with things we don't solve problems on social media. Yeah. We try and train for yeah, two hours. Obviously. And then we move on. Like, hey, man, if you're going to decide to kill yourself, that's on you, man. Hey, yeah. I, I wasn't part of this. Yeah. Know? Or yeah. so-and-so says a thing. Or was it Vicky Mamba says the K-word 48 oh, times? Shit, yeah. But we're not solving the thing. All we're doing is, even that Adam dude did that filming in Greece, and he was like, um... What did he say? And he said there's no K-words in oh, science on the beach. Oh, shit, I that story. Damn, I've even forgotten about it. You, you see, see because, but we're not solving because now the other per the next person comes on and says a K-word. The next one, so we, we not, we're almost not figuring out solutions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Bring a person down, fuck up their business. That's right. <laughs> cool. Yeah, cool. I get that. But now what's the next step? Because then the next person goes, Oh shit, next time I say something racist, just make sure it's not on WhatsApp. Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not changing. Are we changing how people are thinking? Or are we just going, are we making people afraid? Yeah, I do feel you. Because fear doesn't create everlasting peace. Like, once these people figure out another way to hate you, they'll do it. <laughs> you, you woke, man. I'm going to put it out there. You woke. He's woke right now. Because you know they're going to be like, he's woke. He's in that situation. So. so I get people's anger when shit happens. Yeah. But we, but okay, what's the next thing? Yeah, man. I've never. I'm even trying. Like right now, I'm even quiet because I'm trying <laughs> to think. When was the last time we actually saw something like? Okay, I see I'm racist. You know, things are gonna. Be, things have to change for me. I have to look at life differently. Instead, it's like, okay, I just won't say it out loud. But in my mind, I'm still thinking about it. Like, Chappelle okay. says this line, man. So powerful, he says. People can't care for anything because they know everything. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. So it's like, we know, which is good to have the knowledge of things, but you know so much that you don't know how to give your energy to everything. Shit. So it's like, what are we doing with that knowledge? Okay, cool. Lady said the K word. We hate that. We're angry. Anger's a good, anger's very good. Yeah. But now, how are we going to channel the anger? <laughs> you know? I get you, though. What about this, right? Because white people just go, oh, unfollow your ass. Oh, block your ass. 
like if you from a racist white dude and I have I have 150 people from black Twitter going at me. Cool. Block, make my shit private. Good. Leave me alone. That's it, it's done. Okay, it's done. I'm still I'm still better than you. It's like, no, you're not. We still have to resolve this situation. Yes. Yeah. Delete my Twitter. I'll carry on my life, bro. Shit, man. I didn't actually even see it was like that at the end of the day. Are you looking at the water? Oh, you're I looking see at it. the no, water. You're like, you're like, yeah. <laughs> I see yeah, it. Just give me a minute. Yeah, I can see you looking at it. Like, perfectly. <laughs> Thank you so much, bro. <laughs> still, still it. perfect. Thank you. Thanks, man. I'll give it up. Yeah, man. Thank you, man. So then, um, another thing, who would you say was the best person you actually worked with in, com- in comedy? Except Trevor Noah. Dave Chappelle. Thank you. Thank you. I opened for him end of last year. And yeah. actually go to the States, open for him now. Yeah. In March. Dave Chappelle by far. That guy's a god, bro. Yeah. Like, I think he might be the greatest comedian ever. Just the way he thinks, like every I feel show. Like even Dave Chappelle's spirit is with us with this podcast right now, because it's like I can feel him, you know. Oh, he, yeah. Like talk, like just hanging with Dave backstage. Like before every show, you just, yeah. I just chill with him. The first time I met him, like maybe 15 minutes before I got on stage. Well, I met him before in New York. Okay, yeah, yeah. But then he has like come chill with me, so just speaking and stuff, and then. After he watches you, he's like, yo, just open up the floodgates. He's like, yo, come hang out. And then it was just next. But that guy, like, he's not just funny. He's intelligent. He's got heart. Like, the way he performs his stand-up, there's so much heart Mm -hmm. in it. It's not just this dude spitting out jokes. Like, he'll go from saying the most real thing to doing, like, a fart joke. I'm not a fart joke, but, but like the silliest joke. Yeah. But that's just the wor- way he works, which is amazing to see, man. Shit. Because I'd always think, you know, like you say, we're not, we don't actually get to know the comedian. So like, yeah, that's him. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, man, that's him. Dave Chappelle, oh, oh, he must be so stupid. And you're like, no, man, come on. Like, he's chilled, man. Like, he doesn't even... He's not even like laugh, even Trevor, they're not laugh a minute people backstage or they're just cool people you want to hang out with and learn from and just have genuine conversations. I feel like I've offended Trevor. Trevor, if we had to listen to this right now, I'd be like, wait, what about, why not me? It's like, hey man, everybody knows you. Trevor, Trevor's probably the most consistent comedian. Yeah, by far. That was always his advice, he was like, just be as consistent as possible. Yeah. Like that guy can go on stage, do a show to a horrible crowd, get a standing ovation, and walk off stage and absolutely hate it. But he'll, he'll, he'll make sure whoever bought tickets, whether he likes the audience, because sometimes audiences are just dicks. Like I hate blaming an audience because you never learn from that. But then generally sometimes you get a horrible crowd that don't want to hear shit like, they, they, they've come in with the perception of they already know what comedy is. Yeah. And like that can frustrate you, but for Trevor, he's like, when you leave here, you must still enjoy the show. Yeah. Because that's the thing with us, as we say, you know. I've, I've, I've heard better. Yeah, what yeah, you yeah. got? What you got? And it's like, yeah, I'm not feeling it tonight. Because again, a lot, even with myself being, you know, naive and so on, when they're like, man, it was the crowd, like, 
bro, just admit you were bad. It's yeah. Like, no. no. It was really the crowd this time. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, it, but, but that that I only listen to people who've been it in it a while when they say it was the crowd. Yeah. Cause some people say it was the crowd, but it's like, no, bro, you fucking suck. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Can't blame these people on everything. So then, uh, by far, you would think that doing this career is by far the best thing you've ever done. Totes, right? Totes. No regrets? Not one. No, I wanna, I think if, I must call anything, my ex right now and no. tell her, yeah, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I would have wanted to start younger. Okay, yeah. Because, um, like, that was the best advice. Well, wasn't really advice. Chappelle, he said to me backstage, like, how long are you doing it for? I'm like, 10 years. And then he's like, now it's going to make sense. Yeah. He's yeah. like, the first 10 years is just you kind of finding your way. Now it's like, okay, cool. You know, with me, when you tell me you wish you did it younger, maybe you weren't maybe, you know, ready for it. Yeah, yeah, Now yeah. that I think, because I feel like everything happens for a reason. Now that you're actually doing it now and you've been in it for like 10 years, you actually see to yourself, shit. If I was doing it back then, I might not uh, uh, continue doing it. I might have said, you know what? This thing sucks. I'm not getting paid. Nobody's laughing at my jokes and so on. But now right. you have now that mentality like, hey, I'm just going to get better and better through time. Uh, like, I even, I wish I did it, started younger. But at the same time, I think I started exactly when. Yeah, you started it. Exactly, exactly when I found I mean, I wouldn't have called you for this podcast. <laughs> I felt like you weren't good. <laughs> I felt like you weren't interesting. It'd be like, Robbie, who? Like, damn, fam, don't even put him on my podcast. He sucks now. I'm not going to be like that. I'm not like that. But with me, it's, it's always great seeing how, you know, how far and how comedy has grown in this country. Even though we're still being pricks about it. And it's like, come on. That was just a joke. Because... Another movie I want to put on. What was this movie about? This um, they were doing circumcision in the mountains and so on, and then it got banned because it's saying it's portrayed as pornography and so on. Oh, oh I remember that happening. Yes, there we go. So I remember my argument when we were talking with my friends, like, "Hey, listen, this is a new South Africa. Who are the people that wanted it off of, of the cinemas and so on? It was usually the adults, right?" So the same thing with comedy, what we're saying. Right now, when we look at something, we're like, oh man, this should be removed and so on. But it's like, hey, you need to understand, this isn't working for you anymore. It's working for at least a newer generation. Right. It's either you're gonna have to adapt to it or just try and ignore it. Right. That's something that I'd always like to tell my parents. <laughs> it's either you're gonna have to adapt and realize, you know what, it is you, what you're doing, you're not getting yourself into drugs or doing this or doing that. I just have to appreciate it, I, you know? I think, Comedy, comedy is new for us, mm. not new for the world. So, as like been around from early '60s, late '50s, mm. so it's it's new for us. And I know not everybody. I I think people are exposed to the wrong thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you expose, if you're an old dude and you expose to comedy for the first time, and it's some. A rude kid, or if you was hitting the f bomb all the time, all the time, you going nah, bro. So I get that, but if you're exposed to the right comedian, you're gonna love comedy. Yeah. You know, like comedy, live comedy is the best shit in the world. Yeah. And you can see how people feel when they're in a room and there's live comedy. 
and many people haven't put themselves in the position to enjoy it that much. So that's going to change. But I also think there's the ones, sometimes you don't need everyone to be joining. <laughs> yeah, I do feel you. Like yeah. Sometimes you're just like, okay, let it slide, bro. It's, it's fine. I'm not going to convince a 65-year-old to go watch your first stand-up show. I got this 20-year-old that's willing to do it. Yeah. Exactly. But, so it's like so sometimes you just gotta sometimes you just gotta say okay this thing that I'm doing isn't for everyone yeah and that's perfectly fine not everybody's gonna dig it that's fine as well but like we don't need um we almost don't need everyone to be involved because the right people will come along I'd rather do a show to a hundred people who all like and know comedy or know me, then try to do it to a thousand people where I'm trying to convince them about what I'm doing. I think we're always thinking about numbers. The bigger the number, the bigger your check. Numbers can be hurtful as well, bro. Yeah. Numbers, numbers aren't always the best thing. I know we chase it, but it's just, it might not be the shit that's right for us yeah. at that time. Yeah. Nah, man, dude, like, thank you for having me to come here all the way it's while you were, good. like, moving it's to all come good, and bro. do the podcast. Like, I got a huge, 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 I think everybody who's even going to listen to this gets a huge understanding about what comedy is, right? Stand-up comedy is, how it's grown through South Africa and how it's going to keep on evolving. You know, we got you guys over here making sure that we're still going to be laughing on the days when they're still load-shading. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's cool. I'm actually happy I came out. Needed a break from all that dust. <laughs> now I need to go back to moving, bro. What? I need to go back to that. It, moving is the worst thing in the world, bro. Make sure you don't get TVs, huh? No, no, no. I'm good, I'm good on TV. I'm, I'm going to sort my shit out. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. This little light of mine. Hey, I'm going to let it shine. Huh, little light of mine Ooh, I'm gonna let it shine Like homie, don't you see the signs? Homie, it is our time But all you see is dollar signs Nigga, dead present gold mines But, uh, little light of mine Hey, I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine Hey, I'm gonna let it shine Like homie, don't you see the signs? Homie, it is our time But all you see is dollar signs Dead present gold mines you just wanna be a winner No controller, see us being a No composure, hella enemies Shots to the head like you Kennedy Presidential sweets, where you wanna die Presidential rollies, you new track of time You gon' sleep, you wonder, you can't see the sign Lose the keys of life because of all the shine Little light of mine I'm gon' let it shine Little light of mine I'm gon' let it shine Nigga, homie, don't you see the signs? Homie, it is our time But all you see is dollar Signs. Signs. Nigga, dead present gold mines But this little light of mine Ooh, I'm gonna let it shine uh, Little light of mine Hey, I'm gonna let it shine But homie, don't you see the signs? Uh, nigga, it is our time But all you see is dollar signs That dead present gold mine Hey.